Welcome everyone to Wellspring's anniversary service. It's been 20 years since um, the beginnings of Wellspring and um, this weekend anniversaries have been um, a big part of what we've been talking about. Uh, I was reminded last night watching the news about this is an anniversary for uh, Hurricane Iniki um, yesterday. And it's also a time where of course we've been commemorating and reflecting back on what will always be one of the biggest anniversaries of our nation because it impacted the whole world in all kinds of ways. And that is 20 years ago yesterday on September 11th, an iconic landmark, the World Trade Center in New York City was attacked by terrorists and two commercial airlines were hijacked and the planes were then flown as weapons straight into each of the Twin Towers. As the world watched the towers collapse, we were all just watching in horror and we continued to receive breaking news that the Pentagon had been attacked in the same way as we heard about yet another aircraft that had crashed in Pennsylvania because some American heroes defied the odds and overtook the hijackers and they derailed terrorists from targeting our nation's capital. We knew then that our country our world would never be the same. Children like mine, who were born around that time, would never know a country without metal detectors, high security clearance, and a very different definition of the word freedom. Our country was shipwrecked. Many of us watched in helplessness, touched as people from all over the world showed up to the site of 9-11 to help. After the after effects of trauma and of loss continue to have to be revisited again and again because it was so devastating. In 2017, my daughter Jensen and I, we did a mom-daughter trip to New York City and went to see the World Trade Center Memorial. There was, a, there was still this somberness and a disbelief that so many had perished. We went to take a tour of a church that was called St that's called St. Paul's Cathedral, a small historical Episcopalian church that had once welcomed President George Washington at its doors. What was fascinating about this little church that stood just up the street from the World Trade Center was that it survived 9-11. As the towers came crashing down, as ash and debris were flying everywhere, windows shattering in adjacent structures and people fleeing. This church stood firmly through it all. What saved it? Well, in the church's corner lot was a big sycamore fig tree that had become uprooted from the force of the building collapsing, and it had landed on the side of the church facing the World Trade Center. The tree sheltered the church from irreparable damage. And because the church survived the destruction, it became the safe house, the shelter for all people, first responders, families that were in search of loved ones, people who were lost and grieving in the weeks, in the months, and in the years to come. St. Paul's Cathedral survived the shipwreck of 9-11, being faithful to God and seeing God's faithfulness in action. Now, around that same time, on September 9th, 2011, some of you may remember 
that a house church began our very own Wellspring Covenant Church under the leadership of our founding pastor, Dale Vallejo Sanderson, and his wife, Beverly. From home to schools to rented space to owning our own church building, Wellspring grew, but not without its own shipwrecks along the way. Pastor Rebecca's sermon last week from September 5th, entitled Shipwreck Happens, <laughs> summarized in more detail some of the shipwrecks that Wellspring has come through. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to that sermon if you haven't, because she teaches us through the scriptures that when shipwreck happens, we need to stay together. We need to discern what to let go of and what to hold on to and remember that it's not about the voyage. Oh, I'm sorry, remember that it's not about the vessel, but it is about the voyage that we're on together. But surviving a shipwreck, it always takes time. Our sermon today is a continuation of Pastor Rebecca's sermon because friends, we are in shipwreck mode once again, and we will be for a while. Our most recent shipwreck that we have all experienced together a pandemic. We are surviving though. It may not feel like it, but we are still here, still following a good and a loving God and doing ministry and mission and life as best as we can. Faithfulness teaches us how to be resilient. Resilience are why we have anniversaries to celebrate. And there is cause for celebration here at Wellspring that we've persevered with God's grace and guidance for 20 years. Over the years, however, we may have been set back in strong currents that scraped us up quite a bit, perhaps leaving us hard and marred and even scarred because that's what happens when it seems like there's more bad stuff than good or when bad happens for a really long time. It's really important though that we face the hard stuff to sometimes help us find our way back to God, to give us the strength to continue on, to hold on to hope. The hard truth is the only way through the shipwreck the only way through the enormous wall, the dark tunnel, our battered soul, the only way is through it. And the even harder truth is that this facing the hard stuff, sometimes it has to be repeated over and over and over again. Shipwreck by shipwreck to find the strength, the stamina, and keep our lifeline to Christ solid. When we must have the courage and the faith to go through what is hardest in our lives to deal with, God gives us words and ways to be encouraged and to face the shipwrecks as they come. So today's scripture passage is from Psalm 30, verses 4 through 5 and verses 11 through 12. And if you'd like, I invite you to read the whole scripture later. It's beautiful and the whole psalm. But I'm just taking these specific passages. And the psalm was written by King David to celebrate the building of his palace. And there's some question about whether this is a poem celebrating King David's actual palace or the temple that he dreamed of building, with which his son Solomon ended up building. 
But nevertheless, the focus here is on God's greatness in doing great things to those who are faithful. And we've seen that here at Wellspring in the 20 years past. So my prayer as I read parts of this psalm to you this morning is that you would continue to be encouraged by what David is urging us to be as God's faithful people of Wellspring. Psalm 30, verses 4 through 5 and 11 through 12. And I'm reading from the Good News translation. Sing praise to the Lord, all his faithful people. Remember what the Holy One has done and give him thanks. His anger lasts only a moment. His goodness for a lifetime. Tears may flow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. You have changed my sadness into a joyful dance. You have taken away my sorrow and surrounded me with joy. So I will not be silent. I will sing praise to you. Lord, you are my God. I will give you thanks forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the major themes that cries out to me when I read this is a heart of gratitude. Verse 4 says, Remember what the Holy One has done and give Him thanks. Followed by the last line, I will give you thanks forever. David was no different than us. He did things. He made choices that were wrong and self-serving. Yet David was characterized as a man after God's own heart. I read somewhere that David could be characterized as a God chaser. He was big on God. He prayed wholeheartedly. He danced unashamedly. He cried loudly. He also paired all these ways of devotion with a heart of thanksgiving. His many psalms reflect his thanks and his gratefulness to his one and only God. His many prayers reflect that he can count on God to do great and miraculous things. So our first teaching point today is about being grateful. G-R-A-T-E-F-U-E-L. F-U-L. Grateful for God's provision and care over us. But also recognize the greatness of God that overflows from our gratefulness. So as God's faithful people, and if you have your notes um, in front of you, write this in. As God's faithful people, be grateful to our Father. G-R-E-A-T. Grateful to our Father. Kind of a play on words there. Grateful. G-R-A-T-E and G-R-E-A-T. Never lose sight of the goodness of God. Remember, God can do great things. It is why after any shipwrecks, we as believers can recover. As a nation, as a state, as a church, as individuals. Now you might be thinking, it doesn't feel like it. After all, there is a lot of ungratefulness now that we are witnessing through the news reports. And even our everyday encounters with people. I've seen more road ragers and impatience of people these days. Yet I'll bet if I ask you, can you think of a time recently 
that someone did something nice for you. Whether you asked for it or not, someone bestowed an act of kindness and generosity on you. You would be able to think of someone. If not, come hang out with me. I'm an Enneagram too, and it brings me great joy to do nice things for people. Seriously though, when you experienced that kindness, were you grateful? If that's hard right now, it's okay. Ask God to open up that part of you that you can't see or feel gratefulness and wait on God to show up in the kindnesses of others. He will. So to wake us all up a little bit this morning, I'm gonna ask us to do something collectively now. I want you to take a moment to think where you have witnessed God's greatness recently, something you're grateful for, and give thanks to him by typing in the chat section of our Zoom uh, chat screen, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? It can be anything. Okay, let's take a minute to do that if you can. Okay, wow, I'm seeing the gratefulness pour in, aqua jogging, praying for family and friends, for our live stream team. Um, yeah. Book of life. Aww. See, it doesn't, it, it, we can find it, right, if we, if we really think and pray. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing that. It encourages each one of us. So God delivered greatness to David, just maybe not right away or the way that David would have thought or wanted. God allowed David's son, Solomon, to build a second temple. David didn't get to see the finished work, but David was still grateful to God. And great things happened. David didn't get to meet the one king that would change everything because he lived way too early. Can you imagine David and Jesus meeting up? The two of them probably would have hit it off with their ability to channel their raw emotions and feelings, not to mention a deep love for their eternal father. But David was still grateful, right? That there was such a king that was coming. And we know the greatest thing happened when the Messiah was born from that hope. Which brings me to my second point today. As God's faithful people, be genuine. Like his son Jesus, be genuine. I was thinking that David's willingness to be seen and heard in his vulnerableness is what made for a really intimate relationship with God. Verse 5 says, tears may flow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. It's exactly what Jesus invites us to so that we can be in a closer, more meaningful relationship with him. One of the many reasons that Wellspring has been able to celebrate 20 years is because we've, we've always been a church that invites all, everyone, to genuineness and vulnerability. To be genuine means you risk being vulnerable. 
Wellspring values a safe space for you to come and be you wherever you are in your life. When I walked through the doors in late 2007, separated from my first husband and with two young children, I was welcomed. And I was given space to be numb and to feel lost and to cry. No one pressured me to join the church or to get involved. It was more important to leadership that I find a place to hear God's voice again and to mend and to heal first. And it's been this beautiful weaving of relationships that God has gifted me with that has patched this hole that was in my heart and filled this emptiness that was in my soul. The old church that I'd attended for about eight years had made it clear that they couldn't walk with me in my sorrow and pain. And my pastors there rejected me because clearly divorce was not an option. They just needed me to fix whatever was wrong with me. There was no listening, no accompanying, no Christ-like love. This church, this church, Wellspring, was the love of Christ for me. Remember Pastor Rebecca's message talked about the voyage, not the vessel, being important in a shipwreck. What Wellspring has taught me, I think is even a huge part of why I felt called to pastoral ministry, is that we must do our very best to love and accept each other, each other exactly where they're at right now. Exactly where they're at right now. You and I must know a safe place to feel and be loved and heard and find healing and restoration in God's time. You and I must feel comfortable to ask questions, to feel pain and emotions of grief and fear and anger and joy. Then hope has a place to grow. Hope restores possibilities for God to do great things and to empower you and I to do great things to build up his kingdom. David didn't know what the Messiah was going to be like. He just knew he had to be faithful to the hope of the coming of the real King Jesus. Friends, I cannot imagine, nor could I belong to a church, where you and I are not invited to be real in where we are at in life. And right now, some of us are not doing so well. Whether it's COVID taking its toll, whether it's a long existing relationship that you have tried so hard and you are still rejected, or you've been betrayed, whether you're so angry that people are reacting and rioting rather than us being able to respect each other's views on vaccines and find ways to meet in the middle, whether you're scared for our children and their future in this world plagued by increasing natural disasters and the threat of attack on our country, whether you're one of our valued educators, first responders, healthcare workers, food service providers, grandparents working extra hard to help the families out, and you are just tired, whether you're frustrated because you can't visit loved ones that you really do want to see and you haven't been together for a long time, whether you are just questioning, is it worth it? Lord, are you really here with us? Know this. God hears you, and we hear you. God's listening, and we're listening. Know that it's important for you to have this space to move through shipwrecks, 
It's important for you to be in the space where you can name it. Or if you don't know what's causing you to feel less or no joy, this space is where you are welcome to sit in the presence of God and let him care for you. I encourage you, if you haven't already, make a visit to our church building sometime this week to walk through our lament experience in the sanctuary. Pastor Rebecca and I think Jonathan and Daisy and Catherine, um, they've done wonders to make it a safe place for you to come um, and walk through in silence and solitude. I walked through it yesterday and I didn't realize how much I was caring till I was invited into this holy experience to be free, to express my pain and my heaviness. So please come and do that this week if you can. I'd like us now to go through our first reflection question together based on verse 5, though tears may flow at night. And if we had your addresses on file, each of you should have received an envelope from Wellspring in the mail for today's service. And if you didn't get one, then if you can just grab a couple, a couple of sheets of paper and a pen. Okay, so take a minute to do that if you don't already have it. But there should be two pieces of paper in what we sent you. And one of them is, it looks a little bit like you can kind of sort of see through it, but it's a, a blank piece of paper. And part of what makes this church special is that you're always invited to be you, to be your genuine self as you learn and you grow in your faith, to share some tears and struggles and your many emotions. We know that Jesus did. He wept tears of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. He cried at the loss of his beloved friend John the Baptist and over the ways in which people hurt people in acts of violence. He spent a lot of time with his disciples where I imagine he had many conversations where they also probably laughed and enjoyed one another in the Father's presence. And we know that Jesus got angry over turning tables in the temple because of people who broke God's laws and made up some of their own that weren't godly. Sometimes God feels so big and abstract, so unrelatable at times in his greatness. And we remember that Jesus incarnate came to save us in the flesh. He came to teach us, to love us, to encourage us, and to invite us to human emotions and to love and restore us from there. Jesus valued those emotions because he values you. Now, if you can take that white strip of paper that was sent to you, and healing begins when we can take steps to let go of those things that hold us. Could be fear, could be pride, could be control, could be bitterness, any other negative thought or feeling that closes us off to God. So I'd like to give you a few minutes now to think and write down your response. And the question is, what are the tears in your life now? What are the tears in your life now? Name it. Personally, as a church of this world, I'll take a couple minutes now to make your list as I ask Steve to play some music for us in this time.
Okay. All right. I'm going to pray for us now as you hold your strip of paper. Um, Okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay, I'm going to pray for us now as you hold your strip of paper in your hand. Father God, your son David prays in Psalm 56, 8, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. So we know you've already received all of these tears from each person here. And we know that your reservoir never gets full and we can come to you daily with our tears. Thank you for your faithfulness and invitation to be who you made us to be. Amen. Now, I think the, let, the letter we sent home with you asked if you could have a bowl of water in front of you um, when you receive this. So if you have that bowl in front of you, that's fine. And if you don't, um, if I'm going to ask you, you can do whatever you want, but I would like you to find a way today. You can maybe get a bowl of water later and you can put that piece of paper um, in a bowl of water or do something that for you is symbolic of letting go of these tears. And so if you have that bowl of water, if you can put it inside um, the water. Well, how many of you have a bowl of water in front of you if you raise your hand? Okay, and those of you that do will see the miracle of God taking your tears. Okay, if not, do it later. Um, pray and do it later, okay? This is symbolic of releasing your lament to God. So, It is a wonderful promise from God that tears may flow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Sometimes we have to cry those tears over and over, but at the same time, over and over, God meets you with blessing, with love, with joy, believe it or not. Which brings us to our second reflection question that we will also do together. There should be one more piece of paper that we sent you, and it's also white, and it looks like it's a little bit textured. Some of you may see writing on it. Um, I want you to go ahead and also write on this paper as we're, we're going to give you a few minutes to ponder the second reflection question of what are your deepest hopes and dreams for this season personally for our church? It might be for you, for our world. And again, I'm going to ask Steve to pray as you write down your deepest hopes and dreams on this piece of paper. Okay. Okay, I want to bring us back together. And actually, this one, 
Okay, I, I'm gonna bring us back together because this one I think you can also do um, on your own a little bit later because if you're like me, my list is already getting long. I might need to add another strip of paper. I have lots of hopes and dreams. Oh, but let's pray. Let's pray for these hopes and dreams that we've begun to write down. Father God, receive our deepest hopes and dreams. We lift our prayers to you as Paul prayed that you, as our God of hope, may fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in you so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you can keep this piece of paper and when you feel like you've written down your hopes and dreams, then moisten it and as you would kind of water a plant. And there are little um, seeds in here and so you can watch the seeds sprout. Okay, I don't know what happens if you don't continue to water it. I don't have a green thumb, so um, that's just to warn you. <laughs> so don't be discouraged, but that's what's supposed to happen, okay? And this is symbolic of your hope increasing and growing as you and I continue to do life together. Okay. Which brings us to our last teaching point today. As faithful people, be guided. Be guided by the Holy Spirit. Jesus has come. Verse 11 and 12 says, You have changed my sadness into a joyful dance. You have taken away my sorrow and surrounded me with joy, so I will not be silent. I will sing praise to you, Lord. You are my God. I will give you thanks forever. I will not be silent. Let's share with one another in the, the days and weeks and months ahead. And I believe that for our, as a church, we'll be encouraging you to do more of that in the weeks to come. Whether it's been a cause for celebration or we've faced some very low points, we've been in it together as a church family. When one hurts, all are hurting. There have been significant and hard changes, especially in leadership, as our founding pastor, Dale Vallejo Sanderson, stepped down last year to help care for his wife, Beverly, who was battling cancer. It was a huge loss to see him go. It was a huge loss when Bev passed away this past Easter Sunday morning. It's been a loss over the years to part with friends who have gone to be with Jesus like Martha, Fusako, Garrett, Monica, and others of you who have lost loved ones who you care so much about, although we rejoice that now they are at home with Jesus. It's been heart-wrenching to watch our sisters and our brothers struggle with health ailments and really life and all that it's brought, but we do it together because we are in it together. When I read verse 11 about taking away my sorrow and surrounding me with joy, I thought of each of you and how the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. Through you, you bring joy. And joy doesn't mean happy or we're ecstatic. Joy is as beautiful as knowing that there is a kind and loving presence next to me, next to you as a gift of encouragement from God. I received a thank you letter in the mail from Julie Taniyama this past week. And 
I didn't know it was from her. I opened it without looking at um, the return address on the envelope. So I had no idea who wrote me this long note. It was a long note, front and back, handwritten in the mail. Um, and Julie was writing a thank you for the women of Wellspring rallying to support her during her battle with breast cancer and celebrating being in remission. And she delighted in all these little gifts that Pastor Rebecca and myself had given her. And it was this box with all these little gifts. And you know, this is Julie. Every single one, there had to be at least five or six in there. She commented on and talked about how she was appreciative and, and what it meant for her. But what got me, what moved me and made me cry were her words on the last part of the letter that said, I have found God to be good all the time, in every season, come what may. Sometimes it's obvious, and sometimes it's not. And she signed it with, with a grateful heart, Julie. And Julie is grateful, and she's genuine, and she's guided by our loving God. Little did we know that as we opened ourselves up and we share our voyages, and be vulnerable and genuine with each other in a safe setting. God gives us the strength to be strength to one another. We were trying to encourage Julie all these months, and boy, did she surprise us, and she encouraged each one of us with her resilience and her hope in her father. And I mean her father, uh, her father in heaven, not her father here, although he's pretty good. He's, too, he's wonderful too, John. I don't want to forget you and the whole Enomoto clan. Uh, Julie's words were words that I really needed to hear, though. I needed to be reminded of, especially on this particular church anniversary. Wellspring has a lot of strength because each of you is and continues to be faithful to God. So I leave you with a last reflection to do if you would like to experience the extra encouragement of joy from a God who so wants to give it to you. Who comes to mind to you this week? Who comes to mind to you this week? I encourage you to reach out to find out how they're doing or simply to say to them, I am thinking of you in my prayers. It can be really easy, a text, an email, a phone call. A note. Take some time to pray for them and wait on God for extra joy. Wherever you are in your walk with Jesus right now, stay close, stay together, and let's make room for our wonderful triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be our lead and our guide for many more years to come. Be good to one another by being genuine with each other, and continue your wonderful way of being grateful for the one God that we love and that we serve and the great things that God has done, is doing, and will continue to do. He has done great things. Amen.